0: Be attentive.
1: Brethren, it was fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, blameless, unstained, separated from sinners, exalted above the heavens. He has no need, like those high priests, to offer sacrifices daily first for his own sins and then for those of the people. He did this once for all when he offered up himself. Indeed, the law appoints men in their weakness as high priests. But the word of the oath, which came later than the law, appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. Now the point in what we are saying is this. We have such a high priest, one who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, a minister in the sanctuary, and a true tent, which is set up not by man but by the Lord.
0: peace be with you all and with your spirit the reading is from the gospel according to Saint. Luke let us be attentive. that time Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and rich. And he sought to seek who Jesus was, but could not on account of the crowd, because he was small of stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he to pass that way, and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he made haste and came down, and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it for full. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the
2: lost. Peace be to you who proclaims the gospel. week in Theology 101, I read a brief homily, and it struck me so deeply, and it has themes that are so essential to our spiritual life, to our life in Christ, That I wanted to share it today with you and then expand upon it a little bit. It's called The Homily on the Perfect Man. And it's by St. Nikolai Velomirovich, who was a very well-known saint in the Serbian church and also in our church as well. Um, And he was born in the late 19th century and he reposed in the Lord in 1956 here in Pennsylvania. After uh, the persecutions under the, the Nazis when Serbia was taken over, he was sent off to the Dachau concentration camp. And after that, he saw communism rise in Yugoslavia and decided he did not want to go back there. His so instead came to the United States for the last 10 years of his life. But he compiled this uh, collection called the Prologue of Okhrid, or the Prologue from Okrid. And uh, Okhrid, it was his diocese, his see in Serbia. And this is uh, daily readings of the lives of the saints and also these little homilies that are inside. It's also a fitting thing to read today because St. Nikolai was called the New Chrysostom because he was so gifted as an orator, and St. John Chrysostom is the one whom we commemorate this day. Today we commemorate his relics' return to Constantinople, where he was the Archbishop of Constantinople before he was exiled. It's also fitting to read this homily because today we read about Zacchaeus in the Gospel, and what we see in the story of Zacchaeus, if you look closely, where are the followers of Christ? There's this big group of people that are all following Christ in this short man, Zacchaeus. He's so short that he climbs up into a sycamore tree. Now, he's a wealthy tax collector, so he's wearing his fine robes, and you can imagine this man in fine robes climbing up into a sycamore tree in his zeal to see Christ. And all these people who are the followers of Christ, who are traveling with Christ... When Christ speaks to Zacchaeus, they go, Oh, he's a sinner. I can't believe that Jesus is going to stay with a sinner. Because in their minds, they had already concluded what this person was and had separated that him from themselves. But as we see in the Gospel, Christ draws him in. He sees his heart and draws him in, into unity with him. So this homily is about unity and division. The unity of the faith, my brethren, and the knowledge of the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior, unites two people in one. Unites thousands of people in one. Unity of faith in Christ the Lord and a true orthodox knowledge of Christ the Lord unites people more closely than blood, more closely than language, more closely than external circumstances or material bond. You see here the closeness is greater in Christ. Our unity is greater in Christ. Here in this room our unity is greater than any other bond that we have in our lives. And why is this because we commune Christ? Because we receive Christ and we become like Christ. and if each of us is Christ, then each of us are united as Christ. When many people have one thought, one will and one desire, then many people are as one soul, one great and mighty soul. Physical differences in relation to this are of little importance and deserve little consideration. Now this is where it gets hard. It says physical differences, that means any differences, outward differences between us, are of little consideration. And yet in our fallen human nature, we so often see the differences first. We want to be around people that are like us. We don't want to have people that are not like us around us. This is all sin. And yet this is what we so often turn to when we look at the people around us, when we interact with people, the way that they talk, the way they dress, the way whatever it may be. And yet it's of little consideration, according to St. Nikolai. Thus the united souls are built up into a perfect man, the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The parts of the perfect whole are themselves perfect. Think about that. When we are united in Christ, when we are united in Christ, Christ is perfect. We become perfect. We become perfect. So this unity, when all division has been stripped away, when all separation has been stripped away, this unity is what makes us perfect. Because we have nothing, we have no envy, no jealousy, no bitterness, no anger, no hatred. All of those things are taken away and we are united and made perfect in Christ. Every Christian soul is a part of the perfect man. Christ is that perfect man of whom the church himself, the church is mysteriously the body. He fills all who believe in him with him according to the measure of the growth of each. He is the fullness beyond all fullness, the living fount that flows and fills every space worthy to receive Him. So what is a space that's worthy to receive Him? Because it says, once again, He is the living fount that flows and fills every space worthy to receive Him. It's simply a space that has been given to Him. How much space we have in our souls, and yet it is so cluttered with all the other things that we're concerned about, all the other things that we think about, all the other things that we are obsessed about. And so, what is the space that is worthy of Christ? That space that we give to Him, however much that may be. This means that insofar as man has emptied himself of all that is not Christ. To that extent, Christ enters into him and fills him to the brim. He will fill us to the brim, to the brim of whatever we offer him. If we offer a tiny amount, he'll fill that to the brim, but it's not much because we have so much that we keep to ourselves. And as much as we remove that, as much as we do the cleaning of our soul, then Christ will fill that even more to the brim. Oh my brethren, the depth of humility is needed alongside strong faith that the living water may be poured into us. St. John Chrysostom says, "Nothing is like humility. It is the mother, the root, the nurse, the foundation and the bond of all good things." So you see here Saint. Nikolai makes a turn. He says, "What do we need to do this What do we need to have this unity? Humility. The depth of humility, as he says, alongside our strong faith. And then what happens? We have a depth of humility, then the living water can be poured into that. And he extends that analogy a little bit further. He says, let us look at nature and see how the lowest lying land is the most easily irrigated. There's a nice picture. As we lower ourselves, as we humble ourselves, then Christ can pour in. We can be well irrigated by Christ. But if we are high, then the irrigation can't happen. It just rolls right off of us and goes to those who are lowly, to those who are humble. Whatever contributes to the humble abasing of ourselves before the Lord Jesus, this He willingly lets come into us And He waters us with His life-giving self and fills us as His vessels with the fullness of His immortality. So once again, whatever contributes to the humble abasing of ourselves, He willingly lets come to us. So there's hope. Even if we don't abase ourselves, our Lord will help us to abase ourselves not to be mean or vindictive or cruel or to have struggles in our life, but so that then we can be that well-irrigated land that is filled by Him, so that we become His vessels with the fullness of His immortality. Our Lord Jesus Christ, fullness of life, wisdom, beauty, sweetness, help us to abase ourselves before Your divine majesty and to pray that we may be made worthy of your coming to us. To you be glory and praise forever. Amen. Brothers and sisters, in our families and in our parish, we must seek unity. We must turn away from all division, because there are so many ways in which we divide ourselves from the people around us. Think of the ways that people offend us or wound us or hurt us. And those are things where we have an opportunity to offer mercy. To say, I won't let this be a division between you and me. I know that this is not you in this action. That there is one who is trying to cause division. And I won't let that division happen between us. This is the way we must look and think in this parish community. Think around about the people you have before you. If there's anyone that you have any division with, any strife, any jealousy, seek to heal that. Because then we can become that perfect man in Christ Jesus our Lord. You see, mercy is the key in this because if we offer mercy, then we can't let the division happen. Someone does something to us, we forgive them. It's no longer a division. It's no longer something that separates us. The unity is maintained even despite the sin that has entered the situation. We cover that sin. I'd like to finish with one last quote from St. John Chrysostom. He says, It's better to err by excess of mercy than by excess of severity. Do you desire to become saints? Be severe to yourself but kind to others. Mercy imitates God and disappoints Satan. So let us be merciful, let us abase ourselves, humble ourselves before our brothers and sisters, and then we will truly be united in Christ. And then this parish will grow and flourish and be a beacon throughout the world. Amen.